We're back to the Neil Haley Show. My guest again is the co-founder of Fabulingua, Leslie Omana-Beggar. Leslie, thanks for stopping by again. Every time we learn more and more about how gaming and uh, learning a second language is so great with Fabulingua and the process of how you make learning fun. But we're going to talk, kind of break down some more of how we learn a language and talk about silent period today. Can you explain what silent period is? Yeah, so um, there are various stages that are well-known and recognized in the process of language acquisition. And the first stage is called the pre-production stage or the silent period stage. And it's actually a really important stage to be aware of if you're a parent or a teacher, because um, it's that stage where all of the comprehensible input is going into your brain and your brain is still wiring to that new language. And it's a really important stage to respect and to not rush. Um, and the reason for this is if you actually rush the silent period and you demand output speech or writing from the learner who is not ready to emerge from the silent period yet, what you're going to be doing is generating a lot of stress in that learner. And one of the things that the research has shown is that stress is like the biggest saboteur of language learning. So instead of, you know, show me the money kind of right, show me what you've learned right away, produce output, we should be respecting that silent period. Work is going on during that silent period, but it's just not visible to us, but it doesn't mean it's not happening. The brain is wiring to all of this new input. It's kind of like artificial intelligent, uh, intelligence in its training period, where it needs to be trained by a lot of input. And you asking it to produce results before it's ready is not constructive. So you need to train the artificial intelligence is the same for us. During that period of training, you should just be focused on input and not be requiring output from the learner. So um, respecting that silent period is super important. As I said, if you don't respect it, you're creating a huge amount of stress in the learner and that stress um, sabotages language, learner, language learning. Uh, it raises what's called the effective filter in the brain where all of the comprehensible input can no longer reach the part of the brain that isn't responsible for language learning. So super important to respect the silent period and to just know it's not gonna be forever. And our finding here at Fabulingua is that when you do respect the silent period and you just provide a lot of, a lot of comprehensible input and don't get too concerned about the output, then what happens is that spontaneously, suddenly at some point, kids will start generating output and they will start speaking. And we hear this all the time. And it's really, it seems randomly spontaneous, but it's a different length for each child. But, you know, at the lesser end, it's going to be, maybe for some children, it's going to be three weeks a month. For other kids, it'll be six months. But it will happen. So long as they're getting that input, they will start, they will eventually generate output. So it's not forever. It's not years. Um, you just have to be patient enough. Um, so yeah, that's the silent period and why it's so important to respect it and to not rush it because learning is happening. It's just not visible to us. So the silent period in so many ways is a way that we need to let the learner finally give us the information when they can get it is what you're explaining. 
And if we stress them out, what could happen? If we keep asking questions, what have you learned on the app or what have you learned in Spanish class? What can what, what could it lead to? Well, if you, I think that the stressing out of, of any kind, yes, those questions that you're asking, but also, you know, speak to me in Spanish, say it in Spanish, you know, and demanding that they say something in Spanish when they're not ready to, they haven't been learning Spanish for enough time, or they haven't received enough comprehensible input for enough time. And you're immediately leaning, leaning into tell me in Spanish that raises what's called the effective filter, which is an emotional filter in the brain. It's a metaphorical filter. It's not an actual thing, uh, but it definitely scientists um, refer to this metaphorical filter a lot. So it raises this filter so that the comprehensible input, which is key to language learning, doesn't get to the part of the brain responsible for language learning because this emotional or effective filter is up and it's stopping it from getting to where it needs to go to. So that's the problem when you interrupt the silent period is the effective filter goes up. Um, and um, the one thing I did want to just clarify is that when I'm talking about don't interrupt the silent period by asking kids to speak and generate output, what I mean by that is original output. So tell me what you did on the weekend, you know, um, where they need to think and they need to then try and kind of pull, you know, create words and sentences in a new language, that's all really stressful and, and difficult and you can't do it before your silent period has, has kind of, you've gone through it naturally. That doesn't mean that you can't do other lower burdens of output, such as mimicry. Mm -hmm. Mimicry is fine. If you're asking kids to mimic during their silent period, that's fine. That's not actually a big cognitive burden. Generating original output, what you do on the weekend? How is your class? Tell me in Spanish, you know. That is a high cognitive burden, and that presses, presses, puts a lot of stress on us. But hey, you know, perro, repeat after me, perro. That perro, you know, that's not a big cognitive burden. That's actually really helpful because the kids are still getting that chance to practice the output, but without that, that stress of creating original output. And so then they can use their little, they can practice like, you know, for us to make new sounds in a new language, we have to use different muscles to what we're used to in our native language. So you're kind of training your tongue and your lips and everything like that to just have different motions. And that's all really constructive. So um, we have a thing in, in, in Fabulingua, a mode when we're reading the stories. And once you've understood the story and you've had the comprehensible input, we do this thing called copycat where the kid just imitates the narrator as they read each chunk of the phrase in the story. And that's really helpful. And that, in actual fact, if you do that a lot and you do a lot of that practice pronunciation, it actually, what we hear back is that it leads to really beautiful pronunciation from the part of the children because, and, and, and they really end up sounding very near native, like the narrator. So um, that is fine, you know, in mimicry and imitation, because that's what kids do. That's what they're designed to do, like literally biologically. They're designed to imitate their tribe. So they sound like their tribe. So they'll be looked after by their tribe, right? So they'll be one of us. And therefore you wanna look after the one of us. So um, kids are sponges. They're so good at imitating that we should lean into that. Um, but without asking them to generate their own output before they're ready. They will get there. They will be ready. Just don't ask them too soon. So when you think about mimicking, that's an important thing. That's not a silent period, the mimic. 
right? So that's yeah, it, yeah, exactly. You know, asking them to mimic is not breaking their silent period. You just don't want to break their silent period by asking them to create their own thoughts in Spanish, to create sentences, to create. That's a lot of stress, right? But copy me, you know, that's playing copycat. Kids grow up doing that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. You know, that's <laughs> they do that all the time naturally anyway. So, so then you are going to get that finally that comprehensible input at one point right with family lingua it just takes time and just have the patience to wait right so so we what the comprehensible input is the stories that are translated as they go so that you understand them that's all it is it's mm -hmm. things comprehensible input is just things you understand um and there's many ways of making something comprehensible teachers often lean into a lot of acting and they draw a lot um and they point to things we do it by translating children's stories as they go. So they're getting comprehensible input with Fabulingua right off the bat. Um, and then what we're saying is, don't then ask the child, tell me about the story in Spanish. That's really stressful. That's like a, a, that's a, a, a level further down the road. And there's this silent period in the middle between listening to a lot of comprehensible input over several months, don't ask them to produce original output. Don't say, tell me about the story in Spanish. That's too stressful. Just let them listen to lots of stories, lots of stories. And then eventually a couple of months down the line, and it's gonna be different for different kids, but it'll be between you know, three weeks and six months, they will start speaking spontaneously um, because they're, they will have they will have moved past their silent period. And that's a whole then, you then get into the second and third stages of language acquisition. But the important thing is that that first stage where they're uh, taking all this comprehensible input in and their, wire, their brain is kind of like literally growing new neurons and new patterns in order to understand this language. That's a lot of work and it can't be burdened by producing output at the same time as trying to literally rewire to a new language. You just need to let the brain do that. And you know what? We do this in our native tongue and we respect that silent period very naturally with children in our native tongue. You don't demand from a toddler to speak to you in full sentences before they're ready. We understand they're not ready. And we also understand their learning. We understand that their silence doesn't mean that there isn't learning. We understand that there is a long period of silence in our native language where there's a ton of learning is happening. They're just not ready to produce it. And we're fine with it. And we should be equally fine with it in a second language is, yeah. is really. Yes. So basically what you're saying is at one point you're going to get that output. You just have to wait. You have to wait and you need to pr provide a lot of input, comprehensible input during that time period. If you wait and pro provide no, no comprehensible input, it's not going to happen, right? Like you need to feed the machine. It's kind of like AI, right? We all know that AI needs a lot of data to train it, right? And if you give one AI very little data, you're not going to train it very well. So that's why you know, it, these, these 
artificial intelligence is they need vast amounts of data. And it's the same thing with us. Like our little language learners need a lot of data of comprehensible input to wire to this new language before they're then ready to produce, start producing output. All right, best place people can go to find information on Fabulingua is where? Is, uh, well, if you wanna find information, it's fabulingua.com. If you wanna download it, it's only available for download on the App Store and Google Play. Um, so those are the only places you can't, we don't, we're not an online, uh, you can't download it on our website or on anyone's website. We're only available on the App Store and on Google Play. All right. Well, thanks again, Leslie. Great information. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. You're listening and watching The Neil Haley Show. We'll be back in just a moment.